Hello, and welcome to the Say Yes Movement podcast with Heather and John. Hey, Heather, how's it going? It's going good. It's going good. Okay, just before we jumped on, we said, what are we going to talk about today? And we already got into like a really uh, important topic. Um, are we going there today, John? Are we talking about communication? We are, we are, but in a, in a totally going there today, for sure, because it, it, it's, I don't know. So we, I don't know if we, I don't have a little sensor button, so we're going to have to be careful with the language we use throughout this thing, because I feel like there's a lot of passion behind this particular topic and conversation. And it's still in and around the theme of communication. For those of you that are listening in, we're still talking about communicating. But the question is, how are you communicating and what's actually coming across? Because mm-hmm. the one thing that we had like a really heated, well, I, I wouldn't say heated, but I want to say passionate discussion on is really how, you know, workplaces are describing and listing things as descriptors for groups inside of their organization. That's just one of the things that we were mentioning. I uh, just want to say good morning, Mohammed. Thank you for joining us. It's uh, This is going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. So let's get a little bit more specific, John. So we're talking about the labels that are placed mm. on groups within organization to highlight what they do and who they're supporting. But those labels themselves can actually deter or do the opposite. And so, for example, if you have a women's network in your organization, does that invite men to come to your event? And it the, the name itself does not. And in fact, there was a time when men weren't able to come and then slowly they were able to come to, and this is our experience, John, you go, you, you're often in rooms where it's just women <laughs> and women are, it's, it's supporting for women. Why do you go to those events, John? What's well, the event? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You know, so just to kind of preface, so you're right. You know, there, there were, um, you know, uh, when I was in an organization, it was a women's group and it was primarily just for women. I went because I was invited to go give a talk on storytelling, which was really neat, but I was the only guy in the room. Um, myself and my, actually I was co, co-delivered this uh, presentation with uh, another gentleman, Tim. And, uh, you know, I ended up starting to go to these events. Number one, at, at the onset, I felt that it was an exclusive club, right? Like it was just not for me, not for the guys around me. And I, I started going, they opened up the doors and said, hey, yeah, no, for sure. It's open to men as well. Um, I started going just to get a better understanding of what were some of the topics that people were talking about, mm. right? Like what's actually happening out there, you know, I believe in having a different level of understanding. So the only way to understand is to put yourself in the shoes of the people that are going through the issues that are out there. So I just went for an awareness. I went for learning. I went to, you know, just for myself, it was a personal development as well. I, you know, I got to see the world from a different perspective that I normally don't get to step into. Mm. And, you know, being born and raised European male, uh, doing blue collar work, you know, it, it wasn't the sensitivity and all those things that we talked about today. Just it wasn't a thing for us. Right. Um, so it really started to shape my perspective. And it's part of the reason why I continue to be in rooms with, you know, I'm, I'm the only guy or, or one of the few men in the room, uh, just because I have that level of understanding. And even when I talk, like when I give my talks and my presentations, the one thing I always get from women is you're not you seem non-threatening. And, you know, that to me is like, ooh. 
progress. I've made some progress. I'm no longer, you know, viewed and seen this way, mm. right? And, you know, it, it, it wouldn't have been possible if I didn't just start to appreciate what was actually happening. Well, you're, but, not, you know, the, you're not the yeah. first person that I've heard that's, that, that says it feels like it's just for women. And, and, and it, mm. at what time it was, and it's moved on to be leadership development. But unfortunately... Unfortunately, let's just name it as it is. There is still a need for women supporting types of events in the workplace to help women and all marginal marginalized groups get to that next level. And because there's been such a deficit for so many years, we're trying to catch up and the catch up is what we're what we're doing. And so it, it ends up doing the opposite. And and the opposite is that it ostracizes men from participating because we're trying to give that extra lift up for women in marginalized groups. But it, it's having the wrong effect. And, you know, how do we navigate that effect that it's having on, you know, do you feel comfortable going into those rooms and those learning environments? You do, John, but there's lots of allies that don't. In fact, you know, there was a presentation that I did once and uh, an executive asked me, is your presentation gender neutral? And it took me back. Like I was really offended by that statement because I got labeled in that moment as, you know, pro women and, and, you know, and that the, in the tone of the question was, you know, then am I against men and I'm for fair and equal mm. and, and, you know, anybody could come to the event, but we were really welcoming to lots of people coming, but my, my conversation was, or my teaching was gender neutral, but the audience that we were trying to elevate was for women and, but anyone could come to the event. Mm. So, you know, that, that question sat with me, it still sits with me. It was years ago that this happened. Mm. And it sat with me because I put a meaning on it that I was then labeled as someone who is an advocate for women and not for men. And it was really, really awful to have that feeling. Uh, no, I'm an advocate for everyone uh, to be elevated to the best version of themselves. That's what both of us teach. That's what I stand for. So my values were really, really um, hurt. But I also... Need, know that women need that extra support. When I think back in my career, John, there was no mm. groups. There was no person that I could look up to that looked and sound like me in leadership positions. And that's still happening today. P women of color, you know, marginalized groups, they don't have someone to look up to. And that's why these groups are so important. But these groups also have to realize that they're creating another persona that may actually not help the situation it might hurt it yeah no i i'm, I'm with you and um yeah maybe listen i'm not the right guy to talk about this because I'm, I'm i don't i don't fit into those categories of marginalized groups but you know you and i we were talking about this before you know i never felt for me personally right i never felt i never felt like i was you know to me people are people right and you know Yes, there, there was a transition and a growth that I went through to come to the point where it just doesn't matter. You're right. You know, like gender neutral conversations. Like, what does that even sound like? I don't even know. Like, you're going to grow people. You're going to grow talent. It doesn't matter the sex. It doesn't matter um, the gender. Like, it's just you're growing talent, right? Like, that's the way I always saw it. And, you know, 
I, I don't know. Like, I, I struggle with this. Some, like, maybe it's just me, right? And maybe it's just, you know, my perspective of the world and who I am and, and what I'm going through and what I've experienced. But I, I've never, listen, I never got it. Like, it's just, I'm like, okay, people are people, right? John, I'm, I'm, I love you. So this is said with love, but that is such a white guy thing to say right now. How does that land for you? Yeah, it's yeah. No, it doesn't land too nicely. <laughs> I'll be honest; I don't like that comment. But and yeah. and, and let, me, let me give you a little bit more explanation because you haven't had the experience of what other people have, and this is true for every single human being on the planet. We've never walked in someone else's shoes. We only have the experiences that we've had and the meaning we've put on it. So, as a as a white male, you know, you have never walked into a room and sat at a executive table where you were the only gender of the, of your kind. And you, you know, those are experiences that women have all the time still in the workplace. You've never walked into a workplace as a black woman, you know, like these are just not your experiences. So I think the, the, the you know, going back to what you were teaching when you went to that, that women's network event storytelling, the more stories we tell, the more stories we share, we can actually then put ourselves in their position, try to see the world through their eyes. And, you know, that is some of the work that I like to do. I like to tell these stories, not to say, look what someone did wrong, but to say, how can we do better? How can we actually see it through someone else's eyes and, and step into their shoes for a moment to support, to curate good experiences, to help build trust, to, you know, really build up leaders in the organization. Because here's what I, what I believe I believe this with my heart that allies today don't know how to be the best allies. So Jonna, and I've heard you actually go fit into this category. You want to be the best ally for trustworthiness, leadership, but you don't always know how. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, you're right. I don't always know how, because I don't always know everybody's experiences, but one of the things I do attempt to do or try, and this is something that we've learned in NLP is really stepping into somebody else's shoes, right? And before even, you know, as I communicate, and this is one of the things that we're gonna talk about in our workshop as well. You know, when, I, when I'm looking to communicate or talk to a group, whether it's my own team, whether it's a group of total strangers, it's really around stepping into their shoes for a second and really trying to see the world from their perspective. We call it second and third position instead of NLP, but it's really around how do they see the world to the best of our abilities that we can. Right. And sometimes mm -hmm. this involves a conversation. Sometimes it involves, hey, what's really happening? What's your perspective? Sometimes you get that opportunity to do that. But even if you can just imagine what it would be like to step into somebody else's shoes for a second, you start to see the world differently. You start to see it through their eyes and you start to maybe you don't get ex you don't get to experience all the pain that they've gone through at certain moments in their lives. But you do get to see the perspective a little bit. And I think this is, yeah, no, and this has been one of those things that have really helped me, especially when I get up on stages and I speak, it's, it's, A, it's never about me, right? It's, you know, I, I check my ego at the side, at, uh, at the side of the door. I don't bring that on stage with me. It's never about me when mm. I'm, you know, speaking with people. And even inside of leadership, it's never about me, right? That's the way I treated it, you know, and everybody has their own perspectives and their own way of doing things. But it was never about me. It was always about the people. Because I knew, if, and actually there's science, there's science and data and, and stats that are coming in around this 
when you look after your team, this is when you start to hit great success, mm. right? And even little things like just taking credit for success. You don't, you know, some of the great leaders that I've seen online today, they're giving it back to their team. They don't take it for themselves, right? I didn't do this. The team did, right? It, it's just, it, it, I don't know. Like, it just, to me, it's like, why do we continue to do this? Why well, do we make it about ourselves, right? And I think the the important factor here is we all, our brains are all wired the same. Mm. It doesn't matter who you are, what your background is. And it's wired to create a meaning that is relevant to your experiences. So me and you may walk into the same room and I actually am aware that I am, you know, one of two other women in the room. And you have zero awareness that there is any difference if you follow your, your bouncing mm-hmm. ball. And so we're both walking in with two different, that is not even on your radar and it's completely on my radar. In fact, I'm also thinking, where am I going to sit? Who am I going to sit beside? Who are my allies in the room? So I've already done a 360 of the room to see who's my allies for the things that I want to do and say in that meeting and who's going to support me where that might not cross a male, uh, male counterparts, um, mind at all. And so these conversations, these storytelling is not Mm. to say someone's done something wrong. It is to say, this is the meaning that I have because, and I'd love to change that meaning, but it's what's happening right now. And just be really, really comfortable with those conversations happening. And I, 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 some of the conversations are very, very uncomfortable, but the meaning is so, so important. And I'll share a story. So I have, and I've shared pieces of this before, but I have, um, I have nice hair. Okay. I just know that I have nice hair. And I actually know that because people come up to me all the time and ask me about my hair products and they, they actually touch my hair. Um, strangers do. And I know John, you think this is crazy, but I I think it's a little weird personally. Yes. Well, the same situation happens with black women. And the reason I know that is because many of my people have shared these stories with me because black hair, the the texture is different and people just go and touch their hair. And so it's very, very um, like in your space. And when I heard this story for the first time, I was like, wow, people touch my hair too. And what I had equated, I had created this story that when people are touching my hair, I have really good energy because it's usually at events that are like, you know, playful and dancing and, you know, those kinds of things. Whereas black women have people touching their hair in grocery stores, which is completely inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And so the story was similar, but completely not even the same. And of course the meaning was different. I had equated that I have good energy. They'd equate it with you're in my personal space and both are true. Both are true because that's our experiences. But I had never, 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 never even knew that this was an experience that someone else was having that was so negative and so in your face. And as I sit back and I see it, and the one lady that told me about this, it was actually someone touched their daughter. And like, imagine just some stranger in the grocery store Mm. touching your kid. Like, no, like hands off lady, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, these experiences, the more we share, the more we can step into someone else's shoes. And I I really honor that story because it gave me a new meaning for even my story. Mm. In fact, when I shared it with you, you're like, that's creepy. Why are people touching you? And I'm like, wow, I never, <laughs> I never made it creepy. Um, I mean, let's be honest, there's creeps out there, but it, you know, the, most of the time it's in a, in a really good situation that that's happened to me. And of course, yeah. that's, that's why I made it a good situation. You know, it, it's funny because the whole touching thing, I think is, 
A, you shouldn't be touching unless you have explicit consent to go touch, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, one of the things, you know, I, I think you know this, I, uh, you know, I photographed for a number of years. And one of the things I did is I would touch people to position them and do a bunch of different things, right? But I would always ask, is it okay? You know, can I do this? Can I just adjust here? Like, and I would try to keep my touching to a minimal. I just, it, it felt awkward, but I knew that I wanted to get a certain perspective, a certain look, right? But yeah, you shouldn't be touching people. Yeah, and when you told me that, I'm like, what do you mean? People just come up to you and touch your hair. Clearly, nobody's coming up to touch my hair, but you know. No, and this is, this is that is a true statement, John. You would never even know that these experiences are happening out there mm. to women until the storytelling happens. And that's what the invitation we're having is, are we having conversations about what our experiences are, what the meaning is that we put on them, and which ones are still difficult for us sometimes? And we're hearing from many of our clients right now that walking into the office presenting at a presentation, talking up in meetings. This is a difficult situation. One, because we're just returning to the office, but there's all kinds of anxiety that's going on. That's even a different level than it was before COVID. So, you know, we have to be aware that many people are having the, even experienced leaders are having these mm. moments. And this is why we chose to do the workshop on the What's the date? The 27th. 27th. We're going to do a, a 30 minute lunch and learn on confident communication. So, so important. Such a great conversation to have. And we want everyone to come. So, you know, make it a lunch and learn with your teams. I guarantee you, you will walk away with three tips at minimum on how to be an effective communicator and, and also internalize some of the things that are happening in the workplace right now, different than you have an understanding today. And I mm. think if, if we just, create an environment where people can tell those stories we're going to be we're going to be true leaders in the organization <laughs> yeah i'm just reading i'm laughing because i'm seeing one of the comments this is so tailored for me to say yes today on something i'm contemplating yeah thank you mohammed for sharing that oh um, and, and yeah. actually let me jump in Moise. Whatever you need to do, whatever you need to say as a leader, I know that you are so respected and loved and you do it with those two words, respect and love. So yes, it's time to step into your biggest shoes and do whatever you need to do today. Uh, people listen to you, people respect you. And I can't wait to hear what happens with uh, with what you say yes to. And, and David, thank you for letting us know. Yes, you know, we, we want to tackle the uncomfortable conversations, the ones we, we and, and I want to be honest, before we jumped on, you know, me and John, we both had this moment where is this really where we want to go today? And, and I, and I, my comment was, we're the wrong color to have this conversation. <laughs> like we really, we, we've covered the genders, but that's, that's like a fraction of the conversation. Yeah. And the reason we said yes is, well, our podcast is say yes, <laughs> but we said yes, because if we're not talking about who is, if we're not being allies, then who is? If we're not creating these uncomfortable moments for people to step into, then who is? And if we really want to impact a million people this year, then we need to get comfortable yeah. with the uncomfortable. And so we said yes. 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 <laughs> yes. All right. Now that I'm like getting all red and blushing and yes, no, we thank you, David. Yes. No, absolutely. And our goal is, is really, you know, impact right? And impact people in a positive way that really starts to shift the perspective of what the, what's happening out there in the world. So yeah, I know. And, and you're right. You know, there, there was a, a hesitation, you know, when we first started where like, are we really going to do this? And uh, yes, we are. <laughs> and we're going to continue to do this as we go throughout the rest of the week. 
So takeaway, think about your perspective, think about stepping into somebody's shoes. And if you need to step into something today, say yes to it, step into it and, you know, bring it, bring it from, approach it from a place of love, approach it from a place of respect, approach it from a place of really just giving. And I think Mm -hmm. if you can do that, it starts to change the story and the dialogue. So, all right. (laughs) I've been looking like I've been training hard for a marathon. Yes, I have half marathon, which is part of the half Ironman. But thank you. Thank you, Moz. Um, Yes, I am uh, getting there. Um, Okay. So we are at the end of this session. We'll be back on Wednesday. We'll see where we take it. And I I would love to continue this conversation because I know there's a lot of shifts and changes that are happening inside of organizations, especially with people going back into the office. Um, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of things that people need to consider and talk about. And something comes, if something comes up, direct message us. We love mm. hearing these stories and we do talk about them anonymously on our podcast. So, you know, if you've got a story to share, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So that is it for us today. Remember when you shift your mindset, you shift your life, wishing you all an amazing Monday. See you Wednesday. Take care, everybody.